Welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. In our world, it seems as though we've done our best to define anxiety as something abnormal, an illness, a disorder that should be avoided at all costs. It makes you wonder, is it possible for anxiety to be anything but a curse? I think there is, and in today's episode, that's exactly what I'd like to propose. So what would it look like in a culture that does almost anything to avoid feeling the pain of insecurity in favor of being distracted by an intellectual smokescreen to embrace your fear and transform your life? Listen to today's episode as I empower you with the gift of anxiety. Hello, creators. Hey, it's your host, Jeremy Flagg, welcoming you back to another episode of Create You. Hey, today we're on episode 56, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. We're going to be deep diving into the realm of anxiety and learning how to embrace it in order to transform the quality of our lives. Definitely not a topic that many people touch, but one that I know is going to help move you forward in big and massive ways today. But before we begin, I just want to remind you that if you don't have a copy of my book, Your Best is Next Yet, then now is the time. And in it, I'm going to teach you the six keys that empower you to create a fulfilling future and overcome the pain of the past. Just go to www.yourbestisnext.com for more details and you'll have an opportunity right there to enter your name and email address and get the first three chapters absolutely free. Hey, everybody who's read it has really enjoyed it. I've gotten lots of awesome feedback on it and I would love to have it in your hands as fast as possible. Just go to yourbestisnext.com and you can get those first three chapters on their way to your inbox immediately. So let's get into it today. Uh, This whole thing was inspired today. This whole episode was inspired by a seminar I went to last weekend where I heard author John Shelby Spong, who is a retired bishop of the Episcopalian Church, speak about his latest work. Now, he's written uh, like... 27 books or something like that, a lot of books, and his latest book um, was what he was talking about, but he gave a Q&A afterward, and that's what really stuck with me. There were lots of awesome questions that he fielded, and after a lifetime in spiritual ministry, I mean, he's seen and heard a lot of different things, and there was a woman in the audience who stood up to ask a question, and I noticed her because I could feel the energy, and I know you know what I'm talking about, when that energy is present of, of fear and anxiety, and you feel the energy, and she was being handed the microphone by the speaker's assistant, and as she, I watched her grab this wireless microphone, I saw it trembling in her hands, and she's shaking back and forth, and her wrists were shaking, her hands were shaking, and she could barely hold her lips together, and After a few seconds of of that shaking, she tried to speak and ask her question, but she was just overcome with the emotion of what seemed to be a very painful moment for her. And I watched as Bishop Spong, who's a very gentle 84-year-old man, 
stepped down from the platform he was speaking on to come near to her. He wanted to be near her and let her know. It was as if he wanted to let her know how important it was that not only that she face her fear, but that she had his strength, right? That, that, that he was in it with her. And she was finally able to form the words and gain the composure. And she finally said, I can't go to sleep at night for fear of my future. I know I'm going to die, but I don't know what's next. I wish I had the confidence of my sisters whose faith has given them the certainty that they know exactly what's going to happen. But I'm deathly afraid of dying. I pray to a God at night that I don't know and who I have no confidence is hearing me at all. And I don't know what to do. Do you have any answers for me? I mean, it was a powerful moment in the room when everybody realized it's that gripping fear that can overcome us and almost give us a chokehold on our life force and feel like panicked that we don't know what's going to happen next and the uncertainty of that future that's ahead of us just starts to really take over and control our thoughts and dominate our world. Now, I don't remember everything that Bishop Spong said to her that day, but I do remember his gentle demeanor and how empathetic he was to her plea for help. And one of the things he said that stuck with me, as I'm sure it did with her and many others in the room, is when he said this. He said this. He said, anxiety is something we keep wanting to run away from, not realizing it's the gift of self-consciousness. Anxiety is something we keep wanting to run away from, not realizing it's the gift of self-consciousness. What? An interesting statement. And it's sort of true, isn't it? That anxiety has become this ubiquitous word in our culture that's come to mean any uncomfortable emotion that roots itself in insecurity and uncertainty. And in our world, it has been characterized as something completely abnormal to the human condition, detested even, we don't want it. It's become an illness and a disorder which should be avoided at all costs. In fact, Many psychiatric statistics put the possibility of an adult developing an anxiety disorder, of course it's as they define it, at almost 30%, which means that in their estimation, one out of three adults will likely develop some sort of anxiety disorder in their lifetime. So what is it about anxiety that's so debilitating? What is it about this emotion that just arrests our thoughts and paralyzes our movement? Rollo May is one of the founders of existential psych psychology, and he was once quoted as saying, anxiety is the psychic common denominator of all disease as well as of all behavior disturbances. What an interesting observation. It's the common denominator of all disease and disturbance in emotional and behavioral constructs of humans. It comes from anxiety. The word comes from the Latin root word, which means to choke and squeeze. 
And isn't that kind of how that energy feels when it comes upon you? When you feel anxious about something, when you feel that that panic set in, when you feel like you're super uncertain and fearful about what's about to happen in a certain moment or because of some trigger, you feel almost choked. Like the energy from from peaceful state, which is more it's usually lower in the body, right? Uh, that peaceful state usually carries lower, like diaphragm area or maybe a little lower into stomach area and and then it moves right up into your into your throat into your neck we start to carry that tension way up high and we can feel it sort of choking the way we want to talk and feel it in our necks and our neck muscles and in our shoulder muscles we begin to tense up everywhere begins to choke us and squeeze us a bit so if i mean this is no joke right anxiety is really something that can stifle you and keep you from living the life that you really want. So if all diseases and all disturbances arise from anxiety and it feels like a chokehold on our lives, then how can it possibly be a gift instead of a curse? How can it possibly be anything but a curse in the lives of us who be who are choked by it and who it causes diseases in and disturbances in our behavior? Let's face it, you guys. In our world, from the time we're very young, we are conditioned to avoid any sensation of pain, both physically and emotionally. We are a culture that thrives on distracting ourselves from anything that feels like it might harm our fragile mental state and destroy our sense of reality. We identify ourselves with our work, with our careers, with our relationships, with our accomplishments, with our titles, with our positions, with our education levels, with our abilities, and so much more. So the last thing we need is anxiety interfering with our delicate sense of stability, the delicately manufactured sense of stability that we've made for ourselves, because that's what anxiety does. It comes and interrupts us and interferes with our, quote, normal moment. But here's the problem. So eloquently stated by Bishop Spong that I heard over the weekend, anxiety is a primary sensation that's felt by beings that possess self-consciousness or self-awareness. In other words, human beings. Because animals don't have this problem. Dogs aren't paralyzed by the idea that they're going to die someday. They just go off and go to sleep. Humans, however, have evolved into a higher level of self-awareness and self-consciousness that other living beings do not seem to possess. We all have a knowing and an understanding that we're going to die someday. And the product of this evolutionary knowing is the sensation we call anxiety. Emmy Van Dursen, a top therapist in London, describes anxiety as, quote, that basic unease or malaise which people experience as soon as they are aware of themselves and of their own responsibility in making something out of nothing, end quote. In other words, when we become aware that we have the freedom to choose the path our lives are going to take and that we can create the future that we want, whoa, we freak out. In other words, our freedom and the responsibility that goes with it 
form the foundation, form the bedrock of what we experience as anxiety. To remove anxiety from the human experience would be to remove our humanity. It's not going to go anywhere. It's a necessary component of who we are and how we're living. Now, you can, of course, and we do, you can try to escape the effects of anxiety. So the effects of anxiety are what are the things we don't like, right? The symptoms, right? That what I was talking about, that chokehold feeling of our energy moving way up into our tense shoulders and our neck and we feel it in our bodies and it can cause all sorts of weird physical problems and stress and it's all those insecurities and fears and that loneliness and that fear of mortality and that fear of rejection and all those things that well up inside of us and all those thoughts that seem to hinder us and paralyze us from moving forward, those effects those symptoms are the things we try to escape. And we try to escape them by distracting ourselves with busy work, right? In America, it seems as though busyness has become the major distraction. If I can just keep myself busy with tasks and things to do, then I can just numb myself and ignore those messages that my emotions are trying to give me. Uh, we might even try to numb ourselves, and boy, do we ever, with biochemically altering you know, devices, pills and drugs and alcohol and caffeine and food and sugar and you know all sorts of things, exercise, sex. Uh, there's lots of things that we can get addicted to uh, that help us to escape those effects of anxiety that, we, that are negative, that are unwanted, that we don't want in our lives. But does any of this work? Does escaping work? Does anxiety actually leave you because you numb it? Does it leave you because you distract yourself? I mean, it doesn't, does it? Anxiety doesn't leave us. It can be avoided for a time. It can be avoided infinitely, I guess, I suppose, with the proper drugs. Uh, it can be avoided, but it doesn't leave. In fact, trying to avoid it is what causes its symptoms to persist even more. And the more you resist its message, then the more you can expect it to speak louder in your physical body, in your emotions, in your feelings, in your tense you know, muscles, in the energy that you feel. By the way, when you numb one feeling, you numb all others. It's not possible to selectively numb emotions. So you cannot selectively numb anxiety. When you numb anything, you numb everything. When you no longer feel anxious, then you no longer also feel joyful. You can't selectively choose what you want to feel. When you numb fear, you also numb fulfillment. So going through life numb is not a solution. So what is the solution? Since anxiety is a distinctively human trait that cannot be erased from life, then how do we deal with it? Well, I propose to you today that we have to embrace it. We have to see it as the gift that it actually is. We must listen to its lesson if we are to learn from it and grow. And it's the growth that's the opportunity for us to succeed on higher levels of consciousness and become even more than we are today and be the person that we really want to be. I know this firsthand because when I was in middle school, I developed a pretty serious anxiety disorder. 
Now, when I was growing up, things weren't as they are now in the psychiatric and the medical community. So we didn't know to look out for any such things when I was a kid. But I would grow terribly anxious in social situations on a very regular basis, whether it be uh, class time when we had a test and I was afraid of how I might show up and compare to other people in the room, uh, whether it be a um, an audition for uh, you know some sort of a you know musical thing that I was involved in when I was a kid. I used to get terribly. Uh, anxious in those uh, because it involved my performance in front of a group. Um, you know, if it were if I got asked a question in class time and I got called up to the to the chalkboard, I would get terribly freaked out uh, that I wasn't going to do it correctly, or you know, I had all those types of thoughts. And those all might be sort of normative on the scale of human behavior, but I would get so anxious that I started to develop this internal struggle, and from that internal struggle of anxiety on a daily basis, I developed what is now known as irritable bowel syndrome, but was known to me as the firstborn curse of my family uh, since my cousins all shared the same trait of getting upset stomachs and having to go to the restroom when we got anxious uh, as we were growing up. It was truly defeating uh, and it would oftentimes arrive, uh, you know, in my space without any notice and in the strangest of circumstances, many of which, uh, you know, turned into some pretty crazy stories uh, in my high school and middle school days. And this pattern of emotion and its resulting physical irritations, right, persisted through high school and into my college years. But it was then that I began to ask myself deeper questions. It was then that I just intuitively began to understand this was an internal problem and it wasn't going to be solved by any external means. I couldn't ignore it or distract myself from it any longer. It wouldn't be shut up. I had to ask deeper questions. So when I would become anxious, when I would become aware that that emotion was present and that feeling was happening, I began to ask myself things like, hey, what's going on here? I would begin to take notice and stock of what circumstances surrounded me, what might have triggered it. I began to ask myself, what's going on under the hood, right, in my heart? What's going on inside of me? What thoughts am I thinking? And I would ask these questions out loud because a pattern breaks don't work in your thought patterns with other thoughts. I mean, you can't fight a thought with a thought. So if it's, uh, you know, this immaterial feeling that wells up inside of you and it comes to you in the message of your conscience and your thoughts, then you have to break the pattern of the emotion that's happening with something out loud. Something physically has to be done. Something different has to take over your brain. So I had to speak out loud because when you're verbally speaking a different thought than the one you're thinking, your, your brain has to take a pause for you to say what you want to say. And I would answer myself out loud if possible. Uh, I would, you know, and I would ask myself, what is it about this moment that makes me feel insecure? What's making me feel fearful right now? What's got me feeling this way? And I would ask myself those questions. And I began to discover in these moments that my anxiety was trying to tell me something. It was trying to teach me something all this time. And it was trying to teach me that I was suffering from the anxiety of approval. Now, there are other anxieties, right? Like our friend in the seminar last weekend who has the anxiety of death. I had the anxiety of approval, the approval of others. I was resting my self-worth and my self-value on what other people thought of me. 
I was so incredibly invested in their judgment of me and in my abilities to get their approval that I was fearing that rejection. I was fearing their rejection, their, that they would reject me. And I was wondering if I was enough and if I was going to be loved and if I was lovable. So I had to learn, as I'm encouraging you to do, my friends, to dance with my fear. I had to learn that it wasn't something to be resisted. It was something to be revered. It was something to be embraced. I had to learn how instead of fighting it, I had to learn how to embrace it and dance with it. Because when, you know, when you're dancing with something, you're using the energy of your partner to steer you in new directions and take you new places. And it's invigorating and it can be fun. I had to learn how to do that. And I, I learned how to embrace those moments when they arrived at that moment, at that time. And I, I mined them. I mean, I dug into them for the thoughts that swirled around me and my conscious thoughts, and I looked for some subconscious thoughts as well. And I, and I would write them down. I would write them down on a notepad, and I would take note of what was bothering me and those beliefs and those thoughts that showed up in my system when I was feeling that way. And I began to replace them. I began to replace them over time with the truth, because the truth was I was whole. I was complete as I was. Everything I needed was already within me. I didn't need anything outside of me to feel approved of and to belong in the world and to feel loved. Now, it took me some time. It took me a period of probably over two years total to be completely free from any form of socially debilitating anxiety. And man, I was without any of those physical symptoms that I used to have in the past. I still am. I no longer experience anxiety like I used to. I don't experience that kind of anxiety anymore at all, in fact. And why? Because I believe I listened to it. I listened to the message it was trying to give me. Instead of refusing it and resisting it, I received it. And that became key for my healing and key for me overcoming those anxious, debilitating, chokehold feeling thoughts that were taking me over and paralyzing me from moving into the life that I really wanted. I found the gift in my anxiety. I embraced my fear, and I learned how to transform my life with its message. And I know you have the power within you to do it as well. I know you do because I'm not special. I'm just human just like you. I may be a little bit further down the road in this regard, and I'm happy to help you, because I know that you're experiencing anxiety because you're a human being. Now, it may be different on the spectrum of experience for you, and you may be one of those that has maybe some sort of debilitating anxiety like I had, or maybe you're just experiencing some sort of garden variety anxiety like all of us do. Uh, but at any rate, anxiety is trying to give us a message. It's trying to teach us something about us. And if we will dive into it, and embrace it and see it for the gift that it is, then we can really truly grow beyond those feelings and we can have the experience of peace in moments that other people don't have peace. And we can have joy in moments when other people don't have joy. No matter what type of anxiety you experience, I want you to find the gift in it. Allow it to be your teacher instead of your torturer. Because the truth is, until you do, 
it will continue to be a problem instead of a present. Hey, come on over to jeremyflag.com slash episode 56 and tell me in the comments section what the gift is that you've found in your anxiety. I know there's a gift in there. I just need you to look for it and find it for yourself. I'd love to hear what you find. I'd love to hear your comments and suggestions on the show. Just go over to jeremyflag.com slash episode 56. Tell me all about it in the comments section. And if you enjoyed this podcast today, then be sure to share it with all your friends on social media who could use a little help getting over that anxiety that they're feeling. And if you would, take 30 seconds to rate and review the show in iTunes and Stitcher because it helps elevate the status of the show and gets it in front of more awesome people just like you. Hey, and if you're a first-time listener today on Create You, welcome. And be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud so you'll never miss another episode. As we close today, I want to leave you with a quote from author and Buddhist nun and overcomer of anxiety, Pema Chodron, who said this when she was referring to anxious thoughts. Nothing ever goes away until it has taught us what we need to know. What a great quote and a great way to sum up the lesson that anxiety is a gift. Hey, don't let anxiety choke the life out of you, my friend. Respond to its invitation to dig deeper for the message it wants to give you and grow into a more fulfilling future as you learn to embrace what you want to resist. Have a breakthrough day, my friends, and I'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to jeremyflag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. And don't forget to share your comments with me. I'd love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says, please rate and review the show in iTunes. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag create you. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on create you and be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be back with another life changing episode. You won't want to miss it. So be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud to get free delivery of every show. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Flagg reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you.